0: To Riverdale After Dark, a podcast about the CW's Riverdale that loves to sing and dance.
1: (laughs) 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 Hi, everybody. I'm Alex. I'm Pete.
0: And we are going to be talking about the Heather's The Musical episode (laughs) of Riverdale Chapter 51. Big fun. Very excited to talk about this, Pete. Very excited to delve into this with you Mm because this is a big episode. Huge yeah. things happen. my A lot of honestly, shit goes down. At this point, I have seen this episode three times. It gets better each time I've seen it. And wow. my mind is still swimming from everything that went on, Pete. <laughs> it's swimming. I'm, That's amazing. I'm shook, as the kids say.
1: Oh, boy. It's... It's not a good sign when you start saying, as the kids say. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, well, as the kids say, I mean, like the five-year-old kids, because, of course, I'm 12. Uh, <laughs> question for you, Pete, before yeah. we like get into the recap or get into the episode proper, I'm curious okay. to hear from you, A, what you think of musicals, and B, what your impression was of the last musical episode, last year and night to remember the Carrie musical episode.
1: So, uh, not a big fan of musicals, but this show does them in such a good way where it gives us enough, like sometimes you see a musical and it just feels like they're just, okay, we're moving to the next song, you know? And it's like, what I like about these is there's so much stuff happening while the song is happening and it's like it, so the singing almost is, uh, it's just kind of secondary, and although they do an amazing job with it, I feel like they're not uh, – it's just kind of a fun thing that's also happening.
0: Hmm. Interesting. I, I love musicals, full disclosure, okay. uh, and I think the Carry the Musical episode was probably my favorite episode of the show so far. Wow. Wow, for real. Uh, One of the things that I really liked about it, I was so impressed because like you said, a a musical episode is very hard to do. It often is switching between scenes and songs and there's like almost this break where they suddenly go into it. Uh, Plus, you have actors that are not necessarily used to singing. Some of them are good, some of them are bad. But what I loved about the Card of the Musical episode is they did an amazing job, I felt, of integrating the overall story of Carrie with what was going on with the characters on Riverdale and really making it work and pushing everything forward. It didn't feel like a one-off. It was still necessary. The songs were good, but it pushed everybody forward in a really big way, and I thought that was great. This one was different. Uh, it, It hit it in a different way. It was a little more musical heavy i think uh they leaned into musical tropes it felt a little more dreamlike to me in terms of the way it was executed um but i i like that i think it worked and one of the also, biggest surprising th- oh please go ahead
1: also i'm sorry didn't mean to cut you off but like it really was cool how it wasn't like okay you know the music started happening before the actual big show, and the music kind of got you from point A to point B mm-hmm. in a, in such an interesting so there wasn't any wasted time with the show. it wasn't like okay, now we're hanging out in the hallway. they were kind of singing while they were hanging out in the hallway, and then a big event happened, and then there was like singing, and then you know so it was I, it was kind of cool the way they like we didn't have to see rehearsals of the musical and then see mm-hmm. them in the musical it was all like the musical, and then we we kind of witnessed the, the rehearsals leading up to it and then also got the kind of big... And the big number wasn't the last song, which was interesting. Uh,
0: yeah. I, I mean, they took some of the structural things from the previous episode. Like, with the carry of the musical, everybody ran into the theater as a way of saying, okay, and here we go. Now we're in the yeah. musical episode. The intro is over. You know, it was the same sort of structural thing. And yeah. they ended... They actually ended with a big number. Last year, they had a smaller number, which ended in Midge dying. Here, it was a very different thing. Uh, And if anything, Tessa Lee Williams, who wrote the episode, almost made it a pseudo-sequel to the Carry the Musical episode. Like There were a lot of things that felt like... No time had passed. If you ignored every single episode between the Carrie the musical and this one, it would make a lot of sense because it was a response to that, and it was a response to the events of what I happened there, which I thought was a very fascinating way to go. It so, cool. it
1: also uh, had one of the creepiest endings to a musical. Oh my god! Uh, other than so... Guys and Dolls, which is like, yo, stop gambling and
0: well, the, get the, off that well, boat,
1: like... dorks. Dude, I wanted that to end. <laughs> so quickly it was making me so uncomfortable the way they just sat in it yes well we'll get there we'll yeah, definitely yeah, talk can, about that, that moment myself there
0: no that's fine uh so just to give you guys the recap of what's happened so far a bunch of stuff is going on first of all there is a creepy cult called the farm that has infiltrated riverdale the leader of the cult who we have not met until this episode is edgar Effernever. We find out this episode he's played by actor Chad Michael Murray, who you probably all know from his roles on Agent Carter, and that's probably that's it. I'm kidding. He was also... No, he was on uh, One Tree Hill. He was on Gilmore Girls. He was on a bunch of other things. Uh, there's a movie that I'm completely blanking on the name of that he was in, but tons of stuff. But we don't meet him until the him end of from-
1: Agent Cargo though. So. Yes,
0: I, I was specifically talking to you, Pete. Uh, you. His daughter, uh, Evelyn Evernever, has been showing up all over the place, though. She's been very slowly welcoming the kids of Riverdale into the farm, indoctrinating them. We don't know a lot about the cult yet, other than they drink a lot of oat milk and occasionally they drown people. Uh, they also <laughs> seem to have a connection to Griffins and Gargoyles, the game, the evil role-playing game that has also infiltrated Riverdale. But we don't know how also, or exactly
1: why yet. I think they're connected to the floating babies.
0: Well, sure. That's going back to the beginning of the season, Betty had a vision of some floating babies. We haven't really looped back to that. That was She didn't dur- have a
1: vision. She actually saw that. That was that actually happened. She did not see floating babies. There were yes, no floating. Babies. No. Yes. No, she was having a seizure. No, that was before the seizure. It was after the seizure. The- during she the seizure. She saw the floating babies then keeled over. What Bad if seizure.
0: here's my question to you? Maybe the floating baby saw her and Betty doesn't exist.
1: <laughs>
0: Have you thought about that? So let's get it back into it. Speaking of Betty, she is very suspicious of the farm and everything that's going on, particularly because she they should. essentially took her mom and sister into their uh, wings. Uh, she is dating Jughead. Jughead's dealing with some drama of his own, specifically with his Parents who are back together, they bought the Cooper house. His mom moved back in town, and his mom is secretly running the Fizzle Rocks drug trade in Riverdale. At the end of the last episode, Betty and Jughead vowed to take her down no matter what the cost. Yeah. FP is the sheriff of town now. He's an upstanding member of society instead of the leader of the Southside Serpents. Uh, Jughead actually is the leader of the Southside Serpents. A couple of serpents you should probably know about. Sweet Pea, who previously was dating Josie. She broke it off with him. And Fangs, who very briefly kind of maybe had a romance with Kevin, but that wasn't really followed up on. Uh, And otherwise, we don't know much about Fangs other than once he was almost dropped on his head. That's pretty much it. Um, (laughs) Meanwhile, Josie is actually dating Archie right now. They were both very lonely. They finally got together. Archie is a boxer. Josie is a singer. How could it ever work out? You know what (laughs) I'm talking about. Uh, What other couples? We got Veggie. We got uh, Veronica and Reggie were together, they essentially broke it off the last episode because Reggie wanted to be something more, not just relationship-wise, but also business-wise. Veronica was not ready to do that. She wasn't emotionally prepared because of everything that happened between her and Archie. Uh, Yeah, she's blaming that. Yeah. Uh, And then the other thing that you probably want to know is about Cheryl and Toadie. Cheryl and Tony have been going at it. The past couple of episodes, sometimes going out and meaning the sex terms and sometimes well, meaning the fight terms, so, but, but they've been like really tearing into each other, haven't been talking, total miscommunication. And as we open this episode, it turns out they actually did break up. We speculated a little bit about well, this, but
1: they're done. Well, Cheryl thinks they're done. We talked about this. Cheryl believes they're over. Tony is like, you know, we've got to talk. We've got to work some stuff out.
0: Yeah, I think Tony knows that they're over as well. Uh, why don't we jump into the episode and start walking through it? Because, okay. again, so many things happen in it. Uh, yep. One of the things that I actually loved about the way that they started this, uh, we didn't talk about this. this is, so this is based on Heather's the movie right. and then Heather's the musical, specifically choosing numbers from that. Are you familiar with Heather's,
1: Pete? The movie, yes, not Heather's the musical.
0: Yeah, so this was chock full of references. It was chock full of uh, little teasers and Easter eggs and other things like that, which I thought was very neat. Um, But Heather's, if you don't know about it, is about school shootings. And it was very transgressive. It was very controversial back in 1988 when it was released. But particularly, it starts off with Hermione talking to Prince of Weatherby and be like, what the fuck are you doing? How are you letting them do this? And of course, Weatherby
1: is like, I'll allow anything. Yeah, he's like, uh, need you forget, I'm the worst principal ever. Uh, But yeah, Mayor Lodge is like, hey, what are you doing with this uh, Heathers musical? This is the opposite direction we should be going in. This town is already so crazy. Uh, But what was interesting to me was Kevin, who didn't want to do Heathers, immediately stuck up for Heathers.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I think, you know, As usual with Riverdale, you kind of got to divorce a little bit of the last episode with the current episode that you're watching, which is absolutely fine. Um, But uh, just assume that Cheryl totally convinced him of the reasoning for doing it. And he lays it out. He talks about... I think
1: it was Fangs who can, you know, I think... You think Fangs went up to him and convinced him? He was like, hey, you know, this is... We'll still get a secret song in this, so... uh, I don't you
0: be cool? But Kevin brings up some good points. He brings up that that's not what Heathers is really about. On the surface, it's about school shootings. On the surface, it's about this. But it's really about this yearning for something more to go back to youth, which ultimately ends up in this very powerful message about Riverdale itself. Yeah. Like, I felt like, I don't know if you took this away, but it almost felt like Riverdale reckoning with the legacy
1: of Riverdale in this episode a bit. Oh, dude, that's that. You kind of blew my mind a little bit too much with that statement.
0: Well, okay, just to completely jump ahead later in the episode, they do this number called 17, where Bughead, uh, Betty and Jughead are talking and Jughead doesn't know what they're going to do about his mom having running the drug trade and all of these candy drugs and these cults and everything. And Cole Sprouse there's this incredible performance where he just breaks down. And he's like, what are we going to do? What are we doing yeah. here? What happened to our lives? And Betty sings the song 17 again, uh, saying we could be 17 again. Let's just have yeah. fun. Let's just be ourselves. Forget about this evil. Forget about all these things. And the musical itself actually ends with them doing that number with them stepping up and talking to the parents and saying, Hey, enough already. You know, this generational yeah. trauma that you visit on us, it's enough. You have to stop. We need to get back to just being kids and just being happy again.
1: Yeah. Also, uh, we should mention Jughead does sing in this episode. He does he sing. How
0: How did you feel about his singing? And I will uh, couch this in. It is very brave of anybody to sing on a national stage. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think he was smart about it. He didn't sing a lot. He sang a little bit. And I thought I thought he did great. I mean, I don't know what you expect from the guy. Uh you know, he probably took a bunch of heat for not singing the last one, so he was like, Fine, you fuckers, you want me to sing? <laughs> Here you go. All right, you happy you, now?
0: You think he said you fuckers? <laughs> I didn't yeah. I think that's yeah, how he it. presented it. Um Yeah, yeah his sings alright, but again, like I think it's great that he did it. I'm glad that he yeah. did it. The 17 number was really beautiful. And I like the explanation for throwing him in the last number that they're doing a statement song, um, which yeah, I thought that was, was
1: good. cool. And it was also amazing of Betty to be like, Don't worry, Jughead, just follow my lead. And I was like, oh, my God.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was great. Uh, Getting back to the opening number, though, everybody is singing. Um, One of my favorite moments was Veronica. They cut to Veronica in Pops, and she is also singing about uh, the opening song. Yeah, and she puts up a sign that says, help wanted bouncer. Yeah. which made me laugh out loud because they've had all this talk about secret speakeasies. So what do you want to do with secret secret speakeasy? You put a help wanted side right of the window. That's definitely what you want to do.
1: <laughs> yeah. Cause it's, uh, why would you need a bouncer for a, uh, you know, a, uh, you know, a diner that doesn't make any sense. So yeah, it was no. kind of hilarious. Um, I, I liked, uh, the mayor's reaction of like, are all of you? Oh no, wait. Um, Kevin saying that this is the uh, this is the, like a Thunderdome in this school. I thought that was a really amazing moment.
0: Yeah, I mean that's a line from the musical, right? I think he's singing that.
1: Yeah, he sings yeah. it in the musical, but like I didn't know if that was just him saying that. Because the school is completely insane and, like, people are murdered and it's fucking crazy? No, I mean,
0: again, it maps really nicely, like they did with the Carrie episode, where they figured out a way of making it work with what was going on with Cheryl and what was going on with the rest of the characters. Uh, Here, they map the violence that the school of Riverdale is constantly going through and uh, made it work. Um, You pointed out, though, the line Hermione being like, Uh, are you guys really this miserable all the time? And the reaction I I saw on Twitter just now was
1: like, where have you been? (laughs) (laughs) How how did you miss this? Yeah, yeah. What do you think is going on? You've been miserable for most of this. Right. You know, it's like, yeah, this whole town is going through shit. You know, like, yeah. Why do you think kids are happy? Uh, So when she asks that,
0: though, immediately... Uh, Kevin says, "Well, everybody's miserable except, except for Cheryl, Cheryl, who has turned back to being the head bitch in charge. She is going to be playing Heather Chandler, the HBIC from Heather's, uh, oh, and yeah. Betty and Veronica are her second in command. Um, oh. This this was really interesting to me because this felt like the first indication that we're almost getting these two things going on. We're getting the musical going on, but we're getting what's really going on going on because yep. Betty and Veronica are the two other Heather's." in the musical portions, but they're not acting like that. And that doesn't really have anything to do with their arcs on the show.
1: Yeah. Also, there was like, Kevin says that line that, uh, uh, Cheryl and Tony broke up in in that song. And I was like, Oh, Oh, it's real now. It's real.
0: Ooh, this was so much of this episode, particularly if you're a Shoney fan and sorry, Justin isn't here to correct us and call him Shoney show Uh, if you're a fan of them, this was like, this is a roller coaster, my friend. Oh,
1: man, it was. Uh, yeah. It starts yeah, so off. It... But, yeah, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Yes. And then. Uh, the, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Please, please. We're being uh, too the, polite this episode. So the next kind of big bomb is that Evelyn is the co-director.
0: Yes. So, Evelyn is the co-director. Betty is not happy about that. That sets up their particular conflict that's going on. Uh, and yeah. then the second thing that happens is Kevin presents Tody Topaz as the choreographer, oh. which is, like, super rude of Kevin. I'm just going to throw yeah. that out there. Yeah, Like, well, tell Cheryl. I mean, come on.
1: Yeah, I mean, he... a little heads up. You know what's going on.
0: Also, what was he... she doing? Was she hiding backstage when everybody else was having the team meeting?
1: Yeah, yeah, and, like, how can you be a choreographer from back there? Also, it was funny because Cheryl was like, what the, and then got cut off so she didn't Mm -hmm. swear. Uh, That was a really great moment.
0: So another thing that I think they did really nicely here is they peppered it throughout with with Heather references, um, but they found nice twists on it. So for those of you who know Theathers, you probably know the line, uh, fuck me with a chainsaw. That's what Heather was, uh, not Heather, what Cheryl was riffing on here. She was saying, get me a chainsaw because what the... And then yeah. she gets cut off instead of saying the actual line that they can't say on the CW. There are a couple of other fun references that I'll just throw out before I forget them later.
1: Yeah. yeah uh, there
0: was the cup that Tony brings Cheryl later on, which is just like the cup that they bring Heather Chandler. the In uh, Heather's that is filled with blue uh, oh, drain cleaner yeah. and yeah, kills her. Was, I was like, no, don't drink that. Yeah, also, uh, Cheryl is sleeping exactly how Heather Chandler is sleeping in the movie and in the show. Uh, there's. One fun one in the bananas, Kevin Fang's marriage sequence or whatever was going on there. Everybody's wearing 3D glasses. And that's straight out of the uh, fantasy funeral sequence that happens with Shannon Doherty's character. I forget which Heather she is in the movie, uh, but that's in there as well. Uh, And then also there's the musical threesome, which is straight out of. Yeah, it's a riff on it, but it's straight out of the scene where the two jocks get killed in Heather's, uh where they're told stand here, stand here. Oh, and there's yeah, a bunch of other right. fun
1: references like that. Yeah, I uh I was really distracted by the uh uh the 3D glasses just because they were wearing white, and I was like, that doesn't make any mm. sense. You, you, you no, mean,
0: no, no, but that's, that's I think
1: you... I think that's exactly what happens in the movie, at least. Like yeah. they're well,
0: all wearing this very dreamy white for the funeral, if I remember correctly, and they're all wearing the 3D glasses. Uh, and it's uh, Veronica, Winona Ryder, Veronica's uh, dream sequence. I assume they do that in the stage show as well, or some variation
1: on it. Okay. yeah, uh, That part pulled me out because I didn't, I didn't remember that. So I was a little like, what the, f- oh, that does make sense.
0: Yeah. So um, how should we walk through this? Do you want to walk through beat by beat? Do you want to follow character arcs? What do you think best here, Pete?
1: Well, why don't we just kind of go blow by blow because if I'm just worried if we follow one character, it's going to kind of spoil some other stuff because it's so much shit happening. Yeah. Uh, totally. So next, next part, Cheryl starts singing about the candy store. Yes. Which is, yeah. Uh, so they
0: do the first number. They the first num- big number is candy store. Yeah. Uh, Kevin says, Hey, uh, Tony has some great choreo for that, which as soon as he said that, I was like cardio. Uh, Wait, no, that's not what he's saying. Yeah. Um. But Cheryl says, no thanks. I've got
1: that. Yeah. Oh,
0: the transition there. Like, I know there was a cut. Like, so I know they did it in two different shots. But the way Madeline Patch uh, delivered that, where I don't remember the exact line, but she turns off camera and is like, I got this, Kevin, and then immediately turns and starts shimmying. It was great. The way that was staged was so great. I love that so much.
1: Yeah. Uh, And the kind of back and forth here with the, Tony and Cheryl. It was just heartbreaking because it was a dance summer, but there was so much more going on. And like Cheryl was laying it on thick.
0: Yeah. Everything that happened, again, as a Shony fan, it was such a confusing mix of emotions yeah. because it was like the. I love everything that's happening. Like, oh my God, dance battle. This is yeah, fantastic. It's a dance, battle. Yeah. dance battle. Who doesn't hate a dance battle? And then later yeah. on when they go into the musical threesome, I was like, this is crazy that this is happening. <laughs> this is absolutely amazing. But at the same time, it was gutting my heart. So it was just, it was too many things, Pete, too many things. Yeah,
1: it was, it was way too many things. Then we had the Evelyn and Betty showdown, which we knew was coming. Like, You know, Betty's got to say something. She's not going to just, like, not say something. Yeah. And it it was. I'm glad she did because it was fucked up the way that, like, you know, I can understand Kevin being stressed about what's happening and wanting to have somebody help. But, like, it also, like, directing the thing was his kind of moment to shine. And, like, seeing the fact that Evelyn was, like, part of it, too, just made it so much I don't know. I, I I've just felt like it was a kind of a step down for Kevin and like Betty was really the only one who was saying it and fighting for it. Well, I think the thing that we
0: really learned this episode is there is no difference between drama club and a cult because all yeah. of the exercises that Evelyn was having them do are straight up drama exercises, but also farm exercises. And I was like, you know what? The farm
1: is good. Fuck you! What? No, that is not. <laughs> that is not the takeaways, Alvin. Yeah, Farm no, I mean, I, I, was in trouble. Dude, club in you high school. do a couple warm up exercises and you drink the cool, the blue Kool Aid, and now you're in because people are opening up.
0: Listen, Dude. I am ready to ascend, my friend. But like everything, oh, oh my god, <laughs> everything they were doing it was stuff that we did in Drop Club at high school. You know, tell us your secrets. Everybody what? lie on the floor and breathe deeply. Let's go have a fun party and hang out okay. in an evil nunnery. The party, was, I'll
1: give you. Yeah, the party, sure, but that other stuff, uh, no, man. Yeah, you uh, never,
0: you never hung out in an evil nunnery and drank poison drinks for yeah, a cast you don't- party.
1: If someone was going to throw a party at a place where a bunch of people murdered, I wouldn't show up. And I wouldn't think it was cool. And I wouldn't also be like, show up in costume because why the fuck not? Let's make this crazier. Uh, And then, oh, by the way, all the jello shots are blue because I'm fucking psycho. That was... The craziest thing to me, they, they get oh, to the yeah, sisters of quiet mercy. Thing?
0: That was the craziest thing to me because they get to the sister quiet mercy, which already yeah. is like Cheryl's. Like, yeah, I'm ready to party in the place that tried to gay convert me. And Betty's <laughs> like, cool. I was locked up here for a while. Sounds like my jam.
1: Yeah. Oh, hey, blue jello shots for everybody. Because why the fuck not? If we're yeah. going to let's <laughs> throw gasoline on this motherfucker.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oh my god. I was I was shocked. I was shocked that none of those were poisoned or anything like that. I was also really far too focused on there were two people hanging out in the
1: tub that they tried to drown Alice in a couple of episodes back. Who were those people? W- yeah, were they hired were those people just in the tub were they there and then the party showed up and they were like well we're in the tub i'm not gonna get out like, <laughs> we're, we're i'm, I'm fu- finishing
0: my bath is what I'm, <laughs> yeah, doing. I'm
1: gonna finish i'm gonna finish up here yeah. guys Ooh, uh, if you get uh, could, uh
0: you sorry this spot right on my back right in the middle i can't <laughs> quite get it if you could just scrub there that <laughs> would be lovely uh there was so uh, much fun stuff going out of this sequence I, I feel like did we miss anything or did they jump right into the big fun party
1: Yeah, no, they kind of jumped right into the fun party. Uh, And then, also, like, at the party, it was just, you don't throw a fucking giant weird party before. (laughs) Like, I was just like, you do that after. Sure. There's a reason you do that after. You blow off steam. You haven't rehearsed anything yet. You have no reason to get this fucking crazy. Absolutely. And everybody
0: was, as you could tell, except for Evelyn, afterwards, completely wrecked. So bad co-directing on Evelyn's part. That's all I'm going to say. But otherwise, great job on Evelyn. Love the farm. Uh, Stop
1: (laughs) saying that casually, you asshole. Uh,
0: Everything that happened in this sequence was so fun and crazy, though. Uh, Just a couple of things that jumped out to me. So I loved... One I know I kind of touched on this before, but I loved how they're singing the song. Josie is playing Veronica in the musical, but then Reggie comes up and is like, damn, Veronica, you're looking hot tonight. And she yeah. starts singing Veronica's part in that song. And I thought that was really nice. Like, it must have been alarming for anybody who knows the musical, but I like the fact that they felt free to mix that up in a way that made sense. Uh oh that's the thing we, that we yeah, missed Yeah that's Pete. the thing we
1: forgot. Yeah, I just forgot that. We forgot that. that the it, lodges are getting divorced. Yeah, so Betty comes home and the lodges Veronica. are like yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, my bad." Veronica that's fine. comes home and goes and you know they're like hey, we're getting divorced, which why are you surprised by that, Veronica? I mean, it's the best thing Both for your anybody. Both parents have tried to kill each other a bunch of times. Yes. but Your I mom think, looks like she is being held against her will there.
0: <laughs> I, I think she explains it nicely later in the episode. Like, she says, our family dynamic has always been fucked up. She doesn't say fucked up, obviously, but that's what she cops to. And I think her assumption as a 16 or 17-year-old is all right, this is my family. This is how it works. It's totally messed up, but that's my family life. Yeah. We're going to, but we're still going to be a family. We're finally a family again. Uh, Even when Hiram went to jail, they didn't separate. They were still together, you know, when we first got into the series. So I kind of understand Veronica's position there, but ultimately, yeah, it is best for everybody. They should not be together. The
1: lodges are terrible. Right. But what also sucks is that She's going to become free, and Luke Perry isn't going to be there. You know what I mean? Like that. I, that really hit me. That oh, like she's now yeah. f- f- from out from under this evil motherfucker, and you know yeah yeah no that didn't occur to me. Uh, I mean, on a character perspective,
0: yes, that definitely is going to change things. But the other thing that they're dealing with there that's kind of the surprising twist is her uh, Hiram is divorcing Hermione. Yeah. Not the other way around. Uh and Hiram is essentially doing it as far as I could tell to punish Hermione. So Veronica yeah. cuts loose, she gets together with Reggie. They have a conversation while they're in bed, and Reggie, oh, Reggie very unfortunately says to her, Hey, maybe we could be endgame, Veronica.
1: Oh, that was I was like, Oh um, uh, all the things to say, man.
0: Yeah, seriously. I was like, Reggie, just shut up. All you had to do was not <laughs> say anything, dude. Come Dude, on.
1: come on. You knew it was a rebound. It wasn't going to, you know what I mean? Like, Veronica was just feeling uh, sad about her parents. So, like, poor Reggie, man.
0: Whatever. He's a bad, he's a nice boy for life is what he is. Oh, man. Uh, Yeah, but so that's not going to work out. They do have, just to jump ahead, they have a conversation later where uh, Reggie thought she was upset about the same things were going on. He finds out yeah. about her parents getting divorced and realizes, no, this is not going to work. And uh, really, for truly, veggie is done at this point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The other thing that happens during this party, um, beyond everybody dancing around and KJ Appa continuing to have some of the dorkiest dance moves on this show, um, mm-hmm. is
1: Kevin has a brownie with organic maple mushrooms from the farm. Oh yeah, and she's like, "Hey, enjoy the trip." And I was like, "Oh no!" Again, very nice of Evelyn. She made sure he knew where the water was. She made sure he was going to be
0: okay. She's a really good character and a very good person and a friend. You and a friend.
1: Fuck you! (laughs) You don't give yourself. You don't give your friend uh, hallucinogens and don't tell him about it. No, she did. While he was eating them. Yeah, anyway, he exactly. uh, ends up hallucinating, which was a big
0: surprise, Midge. He sees Midge. She's been hanging out on that wall for the past year, yeah. which is really too bad for the actress. But she's back briefly. Um, I could not believe she came in just to be like, look off of the wall and be impaled there. And that was pretty much it. Um But that kicks off Kevin's freak out, which is he still feels responsible for her death from last season, which I liked. I like that they finally picked up on that after an entire year. Yeah, Um, it was nice. uh, But the day afterwards, everybody's dealing with her stuff. We already mentioned Veronica and Reggie dealing with her stuff. Uh, But the other thing is Sweet Pea. Total dick move I'm going to just throw out there. Sweet Pea is pissed off because he sees Josie and Archie together and reveals to everybody that they're together, uh, and everybody immediately has a reaction. Veronica has a reaction to Archie and Josie. Archie and Josie have a reaction to each other. Betty has a surprisingly sweet reaction where she's like, oh, Archie, are you and Josie dating?
1: How did you feel about that? Uh, I thought that was cool. I also, like, I you know, I felt bad, uh, you know, for the guy who was like, I used to date Josie, guys. Uh, But, (laughs) you know, um, yeah, I could tell Josie wasn't happy about the announcement, but Archie was cool with it.
0: Yeah, I mean, like... Go back to your tent, Sweepy. That's all I'm saying. Nobody wants it. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Whatever, whatever. He's nothing. Um, I, Jordan Connor seems very nice. I like Sweepy. I know he has an enormous fan base. I do not get it. I'm sorry. I just I don't get
1: it. You're an asshole, man.
0: Yeah, I really am an asshole. Uh, but that does lead to a conversation between Archie and Josie, which was a little sad at first. Um, yep. Archie and Josie talk to each other, and Archie wants things to be a little something more, but Josie's like, "We were both lonely. That's why we got." together, that's it, that's all it is. Archie senses a little more sparks, and I think we could jump ahead to their moment later in the show, right? Sure, sure. So Archie is hanging out in the gym that he owns now, which is, again, totally normal thing for a 17 year old, and uh Josie Ridiculous. comes there, and they're basically like, hey, let's fight for each other. You know, I think we yeah. can make this work. I think this can be something more. And they, first of all, I love their voices together.
1: Yeah? Theater. Yeah, I mean, Josie's is so much better than Archie's, but <laughs> yeah, I, you know, he he does all right.
0: Well, I think they have a nice blend of voices and I like seeing them together and they're very cute. Uh, yep. but the thing that was particularly surprising about it is from the real-world perspective, we know that Ashley Murray is going off to Katie Keene, Uh so this has to end somehow. It's surprising that it didn't end this episode. Instead, well, they're sure taking it they're up a notch. Do
1: is you know she's gonna get uh, attacked by a bear, you know. So <laughs> that's how Josie's gonna get, you know.
0: Yeah, the the bear's gonna come in and be
1: like, <laughs> <"We
0: can laughs> <a day> <laughs> she'd be like, oh
1: bear, I love you.
0: Now I think she's gonna get a recording contract or something like that, and
1: oh sure, to- yeah. But uh, are you forgetting what show we're talking about?
0: Sure. All right. Bears. I I take it back. I'm going with bears. (laughs) It's good.
1: Uh, But they're together.
0: And that's super cute and sweet. And I really like them together a lot. So I was very excited about that.
1: Uh, Getting Uh, back to the show. Yeah. So then uh, Jughead checks in with his dad and finds out about the meth lab situation. And it's like, yeah. All right. Hey, listen. You know, this is. It's something we gotta figure out. Did you did you realize that the trailer was mobile? Like, I
0: guess most trailers are mobile, but I didn't realize that the trailer the Joneses lived in is something was like something out of Breaking Bad.
1: Well, the thing was, when you would see it, it was propped up on a bunch of stuff. So, like, yeah, you could make it mobile, but it, would, it took some work. <laughs> Yeah. Definitely, it's not like one of those ones that clearly looks like you can just roll it away. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't like a small trailer. It was like a legit, yeah.
0: full-size trailer. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It was, sort of, it was sort of like if somebody was like, hey, somebody stole my house.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, can we all go try to find my house? Um, <laughs> I think people are doing meth in it. Um, but yeah, uh,
0: it also led to one of my favorite lines of the episode from FP where, well, you know, I'll look it up. I I think I wrote it down, but it's something like, uh, the, the what about the hepped up giggle heads or whatever it was? Do you remember that?
1: Yeah. Yeah, Um, oh yeah.
0: Uh, later in the episode, FP, uh, gets beaten up a little bit. Uh, and says some tweaked-out fizzlehead was playing G&G in the middle of the road, and that's why he got hurt, which I was like, such yes. such a
1: random, weird thing. I almost felt like he got in a car accident on his way to the shoot or something and then like had to justify it.
0: Oh, totally. It, it, to me, it was like Skeet Ulrich was, probably looked at that and was like, this is the reason I got into acting.
1: <laughs> oh, come on, man. Don't make fun of Skeet like that. No, he got attacked because of Scream. Dude, Ski killed it on the 50th, you know, his birthday party. Oh, no, it was great. I love Ski all right. I'm just
0: saying, like, it was a ludicrous line for anybody to say. And yeah. it's great. It's what I love about Riverdale, that there are so many things going on at the same time. But it was just very funny. Uh, but Jughead's mission immediately becomes to track down his house, which has been stolen, yeah. uh, while Betty is off spying on the farm. Uh, we can mention the thing about Betty and the farm because... She finds out that they're having a secret ceremony, and yeah, she tracks man. it down. And we mentioned this earlier, the whole uh, Kevin Fangs thing. Uh, Kevin and Fangs are in there because Fangs also was completely thrown and is completely stuck on Midge's death from the previous year. Uh, and they get married, I think? What was going on?
1: It's Song married. It's, not, it's like me okay. and Justin being Jedi married. It's not, you know. It's yeah, but that's official. only. It's not. It's not official. This,
0: by the way, this uh, in one of our live shows. How many years ago was it?
1: Probably oh, seven, man. eight years ago, something we were, like that. Yeah, yeah. We were downstairs in the pit loft. Yeah,
0: and uh, of, we had they, a guy come right in and officially Jedi marry Justin and Pete. <laughs> it wasn't official. It's, it's legally binding. No,
1: nope. we didn't sign anything. So.
0: Yeah, but no, no, no.
1: You know in your hearts that it's true. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Uh, But
0: yeah, so Kevin and Fangs are in there. They're dressed all in white. They're holding hands. They're looking at each other. Evelyn is swaying back and forth. Everybody's wearing their 3D glasses and chanting and singing and uh, singing, our love is God. And then Kevin and Fangs kiss, which was crazy because that's something some people speculated on last year and then kind of were like, well, that'll never happen, I guess. And then suddenly out of nowhere, they're together. How do you feel about that? What do you think about Kangs? Kangs the Uh, Conqueror. I don't
1: know about Kangs, but uh, uh, Krangs. uh, But I think that... uh, Where's the R
0: coming from that?
1: I don't know. I just want to say Krang. I just want to make that TMT. uh, Yeah, because uh, he has like
0: a little octopus living in his stomach.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like we all do. Um, I think that, you know, what sucks is... It's going to be more real for, I think, uh, Kevin than it is going to be for Fang, so I'm worried about it.
0: Hmm. I don't know. It depends a lot on the farm, and we'll we'll get to what's going on with them at the end of the episode in a second. But
1: did you want to take a moment and talk about how you're an asshole and think the farm is great? Or did you uh, want to
0: move yeah, on? well, I'm very excited for what happens at the end of the episode because we're finally moving into a more positive realm for the show of Riverdale. Uh, now that fuck everybody you. has fully embraced the farm, I think it's really truly fuck you one of the most wonderful things that
1: I've ever <laughs> seen. Fuck. You have a family, all right. You can't be this much of an asshole. My family is also in the farm. Uh, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> let's so let's
0: jump over to what's going on with Cheryl and Tony. Uh, Cheryl is in the bathroom, and Evelyn ever never comes in. Evelyn clearly gunning for Cheryl this
1: episode. Oh yeah, hardcore. Yeah. Cheryl yeah. not Evelyn was throwing a bunch of shade around. Absolutely,
0: but I think, like to Cheryl's credit, Cheryl the the only cult that Cheryl is part of is the cult of Cheryl. That is completely it. So there is zero yeah. percent chance that Evelyn could ever. I know ever that's get what's Cheryl. great
1: about it is because Cheryl's like you're not even in my league. Like <laughs> you mean nothing. Yes. So like yeah, you can she says, "What do you want, you child of the so, corn?" Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was such a great line. Oh, so many good lines. Uh, but Cheryl then just, oh. we
0: get to the most horrifying part of the episode. Cheryl goes out in the hallway, finds that Tony is wearing red.
1: Wearing red?
0: Wearing Tony, red. Tony,
1: what are you doing right now? This Do is... not poke the bear. Are you kidding me? <laughs> that was... Like there's
0: a, I, I'm, I, I feel like I want. Dropped. I want to give Tony a lot of latitude, right? Like she's a very even-headed character. She's very, yeah. m- mature the way that she approaches stuff. That was like a straight up fuck you to Cheryl. There was oh, no amazing of it. Yeah. Oh, that was amazing. And Cheryl comes out and yeah. goes oh. nuclear, oh. nuclear. Like there's no <laughs> yeah. other way to describe it. On Tony is yeah. like. Tony says, you don't own the color red," And she's like, I invented red. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. was no red she- at Riverdale High before me. And proceeds to tell her to get out of town. Yeah, she banishes her. That's insane. Like, yeah. absolutely, legitimately the sort of thing that Cheryl can do. And uh, she reminds us why she actually is HBIC of Riverdale yeah. High there. But... Tony's reaction, she sings uh, Dead Girl Walking from yeah. Heather's There's the Musical. This was, I, I think the first time I watched it through was my favorite number of the show. Now it's probably my second favorite after the 17 number, uh, the mm-hmm. duet that happens. But this is so good. Like it, Vanessa Morgan has a great pop voice. This song is mm-hmm. perfect in her range. I loved hearing it. She proceeds. To go, well, if I'm a dead girl walking, why don't yeah, I just live it up? I'm going to have fun. I'm going to have fun. She, she it up a little bit. She did. She grabs peaches and cream. Well, then yeah. she grabs sweet pea, oh, brings them to the pee. auditorium. Is like, let's do it. Musical threesome. This is happening right now. And watching it, I was like, well, this is Riverdale. Yep, absolutely. We're going to have a threesome where everybody's going to be singing. Absolutely. That's great. This is going to happen. And then... One of the most heartbreaking moments in the episode happens where it's about to happen and Tony turns to the side and she imagines seeing Cheryl there singing
1: beautiful. And my heart broke when that happened. When, yeah, when she realized she couldn't do it, it was pretty powerful.
0: Yeah. So great. Such a great moment. So well done. Um, the actresses sung it so well, everybody did it so well. Sweet pea looking like an absolute dork (laughs) when he was ready to have a threesome. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Tony realizes she can't go through with it. And then I think we could jump ahead to what happens with them later on. Tony goes to Cheryl who is lying there, absolutely gutted and talks to her and they have a real actual conversation,
1: yeah, like we talked about them actually doing, and then it's her Tony being like, It's not too late for us. It was so fantastic. It's it, so fantastic.
0: What I loved about how this conversation was written, not just the way it was delivered, and you could see Madeline Petch's just red, teary eyes the entire time, yeah, but it played to the history of both of the characters where Tony. Tony, again, being very level-headed, saying, what is this? Why would we do this? This is not, you know, we don't need to do this. Um, What actually went on with you? And asked her about her history. And we looped all the way back to the first season and what the trauma she went through with the Jason Blossom was like, what her upbringing was like. And Cheryl has grown. Like, I think that was great. What was in the script is you got to see her go nuclear, And then later on, really understand, no, I'm not the same person that I was in season one. I am not the HBIC. And owning up to the fact that everything was binary in her upbringing, and that is why she is acting the way that she is acting, was great.
1: Yeah, it was really powerful. It was nice to have Cheryl stop for a second and really think about herself and her feelings and and realize how good Tony is for her.
0: Yeah, so there was that, and that intercuts with the Bughead conversation where they're talking about what do they do, and the four of them going back and forth proceed to sing uh seventeen. Yeah. Gorgeous. Yep. Absolutely beautiful dubber. Like I I will admit to I got choked up while I was watching this video. Wow, happening. look I at did. you. And, uh, it's wow. really, I think. On the level of what's going on with the characters, it's great. I think the way Lily Reinhardt and Cole Sprouse were singing was great. I, as again, as a diehard Shodi fan, seeing them truly get back together was great. So there was all of that, but also the realization of them, like we were talking about, owning up to, can we just be kids? Was, I thought, such a wonderful message for the show to have in that moment
1: yeah it was uh it was really powerful and nice and and well uh shot and put together it was really just flew along in, in such a magical way uh yeah
0: so uh then we start to get into
1: the end of the show here right um yeah, we let's, get to, let's talk about the jughead kind of finding as he found found his home
0: yeah he finds his home uh and betty. Tells yes. him we got to do what we got to do. Yeah, uh, your plan Betty is good. It's
1: gonna be Betty,
0: man. Betty's gonna be Betty. If there's uh, smoke, there's Betty. Is what I yeah. always say. Uh, Fucking
1: dark, Betty, man. Let's burn it to the ground.
0: Oh, seriously, It was
1: So we, uh, I love see say everybody... like we don't know until like later when they show up and they got like smudges and stuff. They show up to the play. <laughs> yes. and they're like, it's a tradition. Oh. Yeah, they are the best couple. That was
0: great. And then we cut back to them there. They're they're watching the trailer burn down. Uh, They're sipping. I assume it was slushies, which was another reference to Heather's. Um, There was actually, I think, a couple of slushies and slurpees throughout the episode that you can notice, uh, which is kind of an iconic scene. Um, And yeah, they watch it burn down. They make out. They have a passionate make out in front of the fire. Uh, and then Jughead gets told, hey, you're in the closing number, and he's like, what? No, no I'm not yeah. doing that. <laughs> he's like, what? Uh, and she says, no, 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 it's more of a statement song, and then they do the song, they do their reprise of 17, and again, just the way they did it, I gotta tell you, like, I'm not a huge fan of numbers in musical theater where everybody's just standing at the front of the stage, and that's pretty much it, um, yeah. but I really like this. I thought this was a really good, powerful way of also, doing it.
1: Also, I wanted to point out that Betty... Once again, rocking her Jughead sweater. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, let's talk about that. So everybody was wearing their costumes, and then they take off their costumes to reveal their plain clothes. And what I took from that, what I took from Betty wearing the Jughead crown sweater and Jughead wearing his S-shirt and what everybody was wearing is, I think, I'm sure somebody will correct me if I'm wrong, but I think for the most part they were all costumes they've worn when they were happy throughout the show. And Betty, the last time she wore that sweater was on Jughead's birthday episode when they have the famous, I'm a weirdo. I'm weird. I wear a hat speech, but uh, she wore that, bring the cake out of Jughead. That's when they were a couple. That's when they were happy. They had a party. Um, and a couple of the other outfits look like that as well. And I think that's what was going on there is they were saying, these are the times we got to be kids. These are the times we got to be happy. We didn't have to worry about murder. We didn't have to worry about candy drugs or gargoyle kings or any of these things. And they're standing up in front of the entire town and saying, enough, let's get back to that. And I'm going to I'm going to blow it out even further. Like, this is probably too much, but they weren't they were pretty overt about that in the plot of the show I think a subtler thing that was going on was the show itself was actually talking about school shootings. like Oh, wow. That's what I took away from it is because that's what Heather's is about. And Heather's about the real violence of school shootings and the real violence Mm -hmm. of suicide and what it does to people in the cult of suicide and the cult of school shootings and all of these things that actually affect high schoolers. We have an epidemic of school shootings in America right now. There are yep. uh, students that are dying almost every week, if not every month. And it's horrific and nobody is doing anything about it. And through the students of Riverdale, I think the writers were standing up and saying, enough. Stop.
1: We, You well, can't do this anymore. If that's the case, I wish that would have been a little bit more clear. I'm, I feel great that you got that out of that, but I would have liked to have also felt that. I didn't I didn't feel that.
0: Yeah, I don't think... I mean, I think that's something potentially you could take away from it if you really want mm-hmm. to. Um, I don't know necessarily that was the message, but that's certainly something that could, could. be implied, I yeah. think.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, but then, of course, right, in True Riverdale... Let's Riverda- talk
1: about the creep, yeah. creepiest fucking thing Oh, ever. my
0: God. Uh, in True Riverdale fashion, they think they've won. They've lost everything.
1: They've lost everything. Such a high. Oh, they are like, making God. their statement. That was. And it kind of re- it kind of reminded me of that SNL sketch where like they're pretending to be like these deep kids and they're like stomping around and being like, "You're trashing the earth," you know. And then <laughs> the people in the audience are like, "Well, what is their deal?" You know. And, <laughs> Got but, yeah. So I gotta... stands up. Well, so first I to... want
0: to mention you and I. We okay. we both done theater, right? You've done theater, sure. Pete. Yeah, We do a live show every week, but also just in general, like you've done theater and stuff. Mm-hmm. When they end the number and nobody claps, it made me so uncomfortable, just like from yeah. a theatrical perspective. Oh, my God.
1: being like deafening.
0: Yes. I was like, what's wrong? What happened? Yeah. Why is nobody clapping? This is terrible. This is so rude. Oh, my God. I'm going to die of embarrassment right now. And then it completely turned. Edgar Everett ever. We don't explicitly know it's him unless you recognize Chad Michael Murray. Uh, stands up in the audience all in white, all the way in the middle, too, which makes it super yeah. creepier. Starts rhythmically clapping, just going,
1: Don't, don't stop doing it.
0: Yeah, Wait, it was this. so
1: creepy. It was so creepy. It's just it.
0: soothing because our leader is it's finally not, here.
1: Oh my God. <laughs> and everybody joins just to let everyone know who's really running this town, man.
0: Yeah. He's like, taking control of the town. And then Evelyn yeah. looks out and just glassy eyed. is like, I knew my dad would like it. Oh my and he God. winks at her. Everybody brings a big craps. And this is once again, yet another episode of Riverdale that ends with Betty terrified almost crying and I cannot deal with it like I can't I can't deal <laughs> with the
1: show ending with also, Lily Reinhardt what, almost crying. Again. What the fuck were the other people in the audience doing? That's what like, I was wondering. I was screaming like stop Doing that, like, why didn't you people start trying to do a regular clap to fight that creepy clap? Here's that was here's, the creepiest clap I've ever heard in my life.
0: I know they could have done this because it would have been too funny and it would have broken the moment. But I kind of wanted it to be like the number ends and FP is like, Whoo! oh, wait, is nobody? Why is nobody clapping? Hey Gladys, why is nobody clapping? What's going on? And then they have uh, Edgar stand up. But it was, yeah, it it was. Totally bizarre. Weatherby also has been taken over by the farm. Among pretty much most of the adults,
1: um, this is bad. bad news, Pete. Yeah, it's real bad. We're all bad news. We can't, uh, have, we can't have a nice ending. I can't. We can't have a nice ending.
0: Of course not. But overall, that episode is fantastic. Uh, now, you yeah. guys listening out there sent us a couple of tweets with theories wait, and comments wait, I, and stuff. I just
1: want to say, uh, no
0: Luke Perry in this episode. No Luke Perry in this episode, which was probably for the best. I I mean, we've talked about this, but like, I don't know if it's luck. I don't know if it's editing or whatever it is. Um, The fact that they have not had to deal with it yet is. And when he has been on screen, it has been so heart uh, tugging is really good. I'm glad he wasn't in this episode. I'm glad he wasn't randomly thrown in or something like that because it would have potentially been distracting. So that was good. Oh, one other thing to mention. I uh, really like the backstage thing with Shodi, uh, with the blotting the lipstick. That was super cute. Okay. No, I like that. Cheryl blotted yeah, sure, her lipstick sure. on
1: Tony. It, it, yeah. I mean, it's, it was and sleek. she
0: apologized to her. She's like, we have to get you the shade. It looks good on you. So red isn't just hers anymore.
1: Oh,
0: see. All right. Let's get into some tweets from you guys. This is from Miranda. My theory is that by the end of the season, Edgar is going to convince Alice into a ceremonial cult wedding and FP stops it. I'm fairly certain that Edgar is the gargoyle king. What do you think, Pete? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I think so, too. I think my current theory is that Edgar is the Monsignor of Sisters of the Quiet Mercy that they casually dropped a mention of a couple of episodes back. Uh, We're going to find that out. He's broke off and into his old cult, but was probably the original gargoyle thing. I don't know about the wedding, but I do sincerely hope, like this is my sincere hope, is that FP saves Alice by the end of the season and they finally get that F F Palace kiss we've all been waiting for. Yes. Uh, This is from Betty Nancy Drew Cooper. Gladys will know Jug burned her drugs and will not be happy. I mean, I think, I don't know if you got to see the promo of the next episode, but. I didn't. I I think that's pretty clear because she specifically is like, what are you doing, Jughead? Yeah, well,
1: guess what? Mom, you're burning, you took my house and turned into a meth lab.
0: Here's the thing, though. If you look at stuff that they've been filming ahead, I think Gladys is going to be around for a good long while. So I do think the Jones family is going to work past this personally. Fuck you, man. Hey, sorry. I like Gladys. Uh, This is also from Miranda. Also by the finale, Betty and Alice will move back into their home and Gladys moves out. Yeah, I think that's probably fair to say, right? Like, I think everything's pretty much going to reset by the finale. Sure, we'll see. Well, what do you think?
1: Well, I think, uh, I'm thinking about F palace. All right. I'm thinking about that magic. (laughs) You just, that's just rolling around in your head. That's it. Well, no, I want that to happen rather than, you know, things get reset. I don't want to reset. I want it. I want I want some new beginnings. Ooh, a new
0: beginning. I love it. Uh, Stephanie says much better than last year's musical episode. What do you think Uh, was one better than the other? Do you have a preference?
1: I don't know, man. It was tough because I really loved it, but that creeping ending really f- uh, fucked my shit up. So I don't know, man. It's hard to compare them. I, uh, they were great for a lot of different reasons.
0: This one has definitely, as I said at the beginning, gotten better the more times that I've watched it. Um, I think I still prefer the Carrie one, but there were so many and I mean, the
1: Cheryl losing her mind over the red thing was so amazing.
0: That was amazing. 17 was amazing. Dead girl walking was amazing. I I love the creepy ending just because it was so You're fantastically a creepy. creepy fucking guy, because though. I'm a creepy fucking guy. Yeah, exactly. Um so I don't know. I think I got to listen to the songs a couple more times before I determine it. I think they were different. Is that fair? Yep. Yeah, they were different episodes is my hard stance on this. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> uh, Ryan Hensler says, what do you think will happen with Shoney now that they are back together? Also, your thoughts on Edgar finally appearing and your favorite musical number in the episode. I think we talked about the Edgar thing. Super fucking creepy. Yeah. Uh, Shoney, what do you think's for next for them? Well, what's your take on that, Pete? They're going to take
1: over the world, man. <laughs> they're, they're, they're unstoppable.
0: Yeah, I think I think what we're going to see is for a little bit them kind of move into the background again just because they have the relationship drama over. But what I do yeah. sincerely hope happens is that Cheryl and Tony separately continue to get their own storylines because we finally got to see Tony do stuff and it was really good,
1: you know? Or we see them go on a road trip together and we get to see it, not hear about it later. Yeah. The
0: other thing is, as I think you speculated, Maybe last episode. I think we're gonna see prom queen and queen now that they're back together. That's my guess on that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh and do you have a favorite musical number in the episode, Pete?
1: Uh I don't. Uh they kind of the creepiest one was the uh the hidden secret one. Hmm. But yeah. Uh Our Love is God. Yeah, it's not, don't say that out loud.
0: Our love is God.
1: Stop it. I'm trying out. This is
0: actually my audition for the off-Broadway production. You didn't get the part. You Um,
1: didn't get the part.
0: You're a horrible casting director. (laughs) Bailey says, (laughs) this was probably my favorite episode of the show to date. Is it early to start thinking about next season's musical? My vote is for spring awakening. I don't think it's too early. Do you have a choice for musical for next season? Because I definitely think they're going to do another one.
1: Yeah. I don't know, man. Um,
0: Shrek the musical? (laughs) Yeah, that would tie into the ongoing plot a lot uh, after Cheryl is uh, turned into an ogre and has to be turned back. Um, I, I I think Spring Awakening is potentially a good choice. I think they'll probably go for, like, another movie to musical, potentially. Like, there was the American Psycho musical, so maybe they'd do that. My... My hope, oh, the, one the, fun. the one that I wanted them to do going into the season, though I really enjoyed the Heather's one, and, and I don't think they would ever do this uh, because they would need to be too operatic. I would love to see Sweeney Todd.
1: Just oh, because. Oh, that's messed up. Right? Everybody getting ground yeah. up into pies? Oh, oh, that would be so
0: good. That would be super fun. Uh, let us know what you think. I'm curious to hear what other takes on musicals you guys have. Um, also, I would lose my shit if they didn't. Oh, wait. Yes. Uh,
1: Little Shop of Horrors. That's you what know. I was about to
0: say. Oh wow! Yes, ah, uh, I would. Lo- that is my favorite musical of all time. So if oh, wow. they did that, I would lose my mind. Yeah. Um, this is from Sammy M. Hill. Bughead burning up the trailer, watching in the car, drinking Slurpees, and then making out. Greater than any other scene on TV ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh Yeah, dude. I mean, hard, awesome. hard to disagree. That scene was pretty fantastic.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was. And just the looks on their faces afterwards, uh, they were just like unstoppable smiling. It was glorious. It was great.
0: I also, we didn't mention this. I really like Lily Reinhardt's singing voice a lot. It's very different from the rest of the cast. It's very uh, high and pure, just like her character. And it's very beautiful. It's nice. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing that we didn't talk about, we didn't talk about Camila uh solo on Lifeboat uh, when she gets totally sold out by Kevin, who's like, okay, you're in an emotional place where, oop, nope, see, you're already in that emotional place. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> and then makes yeah. her sing oh, the number. Yeah, that was
1: great, yeah. Uh, what did you think of yes, that number, though? That, that was really great. And it stuck because she was like, I'm not parent trapping you, but I felt like she was, but like... Um, yeah, I don't know if anything came of it because the creepy clapping ruined everything. <laughs> uh, we're definitely going to see more of the large Lodges going forward. This, I'm going to assume,
0: is from your Burner account, Pete. This is Ashley. Says, are we going to address the floating babies before the end of the season?
1: Yes, we need to. We need to address it. It happened, guys. It fucking happened. You can't sweep floating babies underneath the rug. Yeah, Well, uh, you
0: probably can, but they're just going to float right up with the rug above them. Uh, Ashley also says, are Kevin and Fangs far married now that ceremony was creepy? How do you feel about Bughead arson rebonding? I'm here for a TBH. Did not expect to meet Edgar that way. Veronica is upset, but I feel like Hermione can get away from Hiram safely. That is a plus. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree with all of that. I think like... Hiram unfettered is probably not a good thing
1: for oh, Riverdale. Be, yeah, yeah, especially uh, Archie, who own, who is just sitting in one of his properties that he's going to come up with a horrible plan for.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And particularly as we're getting back to the boxing thing next episode, I think we're probably going to see some bets and shenanigans from Hiram. Uh, And this is the last one. This is from Lindsay in space uh, says Jordan and drew should have sang more just because they're both super good, but also sweet pea was JD. He was one of the leads, and he barely sang at all. And at the end, they kept panning over the core four, which was annoying. Like, show the other meme era of the case, please. I think uh, uh, members of the cast, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think it was an interesting choice. We talked about this a little bit, but it was an interesting choice to be like, Josie is Veronica and Sweet Pea is JD, but they're going to sing a lot less than everybody else. Yeah. Uh, What do you think about that? It sucks.
1: It's just one of those things where they keep underusing Josie. No wonder she has to go in another show to get the recognition she deserves.
0: Yeah. I, I got to say, I'm actually really looking forward to that. I think she's going to be phenomenal on Katie Keane and that it's a stealth Josie and the Pussycats slash Katie Keene show. I'm very excited about that as well. Um, yeah. But what do you think about Sweetie and Fang? Should they have gotten more to do?
1: Uh, I just, there was so much that ha- It's hard. It's like, how do you stop the forward momentum to give them their due? Like, you know, it would have been great if they got opportunities to show off their pipes if they have them. But I don't know, you know, I don't know that personally. So, like, I don't know. It would have been cool to give them, you know, a little bit more. But what could we have taken out? What madness could we have taken yeah. out? Uh,
0: what, I, what I've what i been thinking around this a little bit because I do know the fad base is so passionate for Sweet Pea and Fangs. And I think part of it is they get nothing to do. So people have imagined these rich emotional backstories for them. But I take it they're like, not to get too Shakespearean, but they're like the clowns, you know, they're, they're the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. They're the people in the background who are kind of there to pop in, comment on things really quickly and then pop back out. What I would love to see is next season a sequel to Bizarro Dale, where it focuses entirely actually on Sweet Pea and Fangs and shows what they're doing while everybody else is off doing their stuff. I think that would be fun. No, that would be garbage. Why? They could hang out in his tent. Fangs could fall on his head. There's a lot of stuff, a lot of options.
1: Yeah, neither of those two are interesting. (laughs) I don't know. I think it would be fun. Thank you, guys. I would like them to get more screen time. I agree with that, but I don't give them a whole episode. Yeah.
0: Before we wrap up, though, Pete, uh, MVP for the episode, who was the most. uh, Or HBIC, who was the HBIC for the episode, Pete? This is tough,
1: man. This is really tough. I'm going to have to go with. Betty, all day, every day. (laughs) I like how you pretended that it was a tough choice and then went with the choice you always choose. What's why, Betty? It was a tough choice. I mean, Cheryl was bananas good in this.
0: Yeah. Well, what what did you think about Betty? Why, Betty, this episode in particular?
1: Um, Because dark Betty rules the world and her and Jughead are just uh, unstoppable. Unstoppable.
0: Uh, I'm going to choose Tony for this episode. I love Tony in this episode. Again, dead girl walking was such a good number. I thought her emotional journey was great. I thought what Vanessa Morgan did throughout this episode was absolutely great. Um, I'm, I'm so glad she finally got a chance to step into the spotlight quite literally. I thought that was fantastic. A uh, couple of things before we go. If you'd like to support us, patreon.com slash comic book club. Uh, we have a Slack where we chat about Riverdale basically all day our day. Uh, that's the $2 level. So it's pretty easy. $2 a month. You can get into that private slack. Here are dumb theories about bacon and stuff like that. Uh, also, we oh, should probably man. mention for one of our uh, most passionate listeners and supporters uh, that uh, we really feel very strongly that in an upcoming episode, Le Bon Nuit should get a union. Would you agree with that, Pete? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yes, 100%. Got to support your unions. Got to have unions in Le Bon Support your
1: unions. Support your
0: unions. That's the sort of thing you can uh, discuss on our Patreon Slack as well. We talk about unions a lot and bacon doneness, and that's pretty much it. Uh, What else should we plug? We do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. We're going to have a bunch of Archie Comics guests coming up. We have Jamie L. Rotante coming up on one of the upcoming shows. Uh, This is the writer of Betty and Veronica uh, for the Archie Comics. So we'll be talking about that. And some other folks are coming up later on as well. Pete, what else do you want to plug?
1: Follow us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our
0: live show. Follow us at Riverdale Dark on Twitter, also we're at Riverdale After on Instagram, and at Comic Book Live on Twitter uh, for regular Comic Book Club feed, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast, and many more. And we'll see you after dark. Oh, my God.